Welcome to Glory Stories with Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn. Dr. Vaughn was one of the top eye surgeons in America and has traveled to many countries in the world preaching the Word of God. She also opened up an eye surgery center in Beijing, China, where she did free eye surgery on those in need. Dr. Vaughn will be sharing many of her personal experiences from God. In addition, you will hear of others that have known God in an intimate way and seen His miracle working power. As you hear about how God has worked in the lives of others, our hope is that you will be changed forever. Get ready for God to heal you, deliver you, and transform your life as you sit back and enjoy these glory stories. Welcome to Glory Stories. We're going to be talking about another giant in God today, Smith Wigglesworth. This was a man that's born in England. When he was seven years of age, he went to work in the mills, child labor. So he didn't have any formal education. He didn't know how to read or write. Of course, when he grew to be a man, he became by profession a plumber. And his wife, he married a Christian woman named Polly. But Wigglesworth wasn't saved. He didn't know anything about God, really. I'm going to tell you what, what he was like, give you a glimpse into what he was like before he got saved. One night, Polly wanted to go to church. And Smith Wigglesworth said, no, I don't want you to go. She said, but Smith, I want to go to church. He said, no, I forbid you. You can't go to church. She said, Smith, now I've taken care of the children. I've taken care of you. All of you have everything you need, and I'm going to go to church. He said, if you go to church, I'm going to lock you out of the house. Well, Polly went to church anyway. So that night she, she came home after church, and she was locked out of the house. So she leans up against the kitchen door. It's, kind of, it's cold, and she just, she just leans up against that door, and she just spends the night out, outside in the cold, it's leaning against the kitchen door. So the next morning, Wigglesworth gets up. He opens the kitchen door. You'll never guess what Polly did. She said, good morning, Smith. What would you like to have for breakfast today? Most women would have done something other than that. <laughs> I'm not sure what, but that's what she did. And uh, to me, that was an expression of the love of God just about as much as anything second to Jesus dying on the cross for us. But that was an expression of love. Most people would not have responded that way if their husband had locked them out of the house and made them spend the night in the cold. But that's what Polly responded. And I, and I, Wigglesworth didn't say this, but I read between the lines, and I think that, that woman was such a, a glorious example of Jesus Christ that that must have been, in, it must have been part of his decision to get saved because he did get saved. And they opened a mission there, a mission church there. Polly did all the preaching, but at least Wigglesworth was now born again. He was saved. He was a Christian. But with time... Wigglesworth got uh, baptized with the Holy Ghost. And so when that happened, he got up one night to preach, first time he ever preached, and he began preaching under the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. And Polly looks at that, listens to that. She says, that's not my Smith. That, 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 that's not my Smith. She couldn't even believe it because he was totally changed because now he had the power of God. He wanted to, he wanted to speak the Word of God. And she had taught him how to read when he was 26 years of age. So now he could read the Bible. Actually, the Bible was the only book that Smith ever read. He said he didn't want to read any other book. That's the only book he cared about. And he, he, he clung to that Bible. <laughs> he loved that Bible. 
Well, of course, his, his personality had changed completely after he got saved, and he felt like a person should be able to control their whatever faults they had in their personality. He was a man that had a bad temper before he got saved, before he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and he knew that. He recognized that in himself. So he, he pulled himself aside and locked himself up in a room, and he, he sought God after that personality trait in him that he knew was not right until he knew that God had taken it out of him. And when he knew that, then he came out, and he, from that time on, he was calm, he was patient, he was like the opposite of what he had been before. God did that for him. He was a simple man. At, at one point in time, you know, he would have had the money to have a, a very nice, beautiful home, but he preferred the simplicity of a little stone house that he lived in, in England. And he was a caring man. One night, uh, a friend of his was leaving, and it was a cold, wet, dreary night, and he tells the man, he said, be sure and button up your collar all the way on your coat and turn your collar up so that you'll stay as warm as you can because he said your body belongs to God and you're going to be accountable to God on how you take care of your body. So take care of your body well. He always thought that, that you, didn't, you shouldn't have to go to other people and ask them for money. You should ask God for whatever your needs were and that God would supply your needs. And he felt that God would supply them not just barely get along street, but uh, supply them abundantly. He felt like you should have enough abundance given to you by God so that you could bless the other people around you. And that's the way he operated. That's the way that he lived. He loved prayer and he loved the Bible. And it was, it was so evident in his life. Wherever he'd go, it, one, man, he was, one man that walked on a walk with Wigglesworth gave this report. He said, as we're walking along, Every few feet, Smith Wigglesworth would stop and he'd say, let's pray. And so they'd pray. Then walk a little bit farther and, and Smith would say, now let's pray. They'd pray again. And they'd walk a little farther and that's the way the whole walk was. They'd walk a little and then they'd stop and pray. He was a man of prayer. He was a man that, that loved the Bible, as I said to you a minute ago. And he would, before he would go to bed at night, he would read his Bible. Before he would, as soon as he woke up in the morning, he would read his Bible. He felt like that's the way that you should start your day before the world starts hitting you with things, that you should have the Word of God hidden in your heart already. He would read the Bible all the time and speak of God all the time. He was driving down the road with the man one day, and, and he, he, he hollers out at the man. He says, stop, stop. Well, the man thinks something's wrong. What's wrong? He, he doesn't know. And Smith says, he starts praying. He said, Lord, forgive us because we've been talking for 10 minutes about all the things of the world. We haven't talked about you. We haven't talked about your word or the Bible at all. And we ask you to forgive us for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. And so their conversation changed after that, obviously. And they, they started speaking of the things of God. That's a kind of man. I'm trying to explain to you the kind of man that Wigglesworth was. He felt like you should be pure on the inside and as holy as you could. He said if there was any condemnation inside of a person, that person really couldn't have faith. And, and I understand that because if, if you know you're doing wrong in some way or there's something wrong about you, 
how can you go to a holy God and expect him to give you what you're asking when you're, when you're willfully disobeying him? You know, it just doesn't work like that. If you have, if you have children or a child, whatever, if the child is disobedient to you, you don't turn around them and reward them for their disobedience. You can't train them that way. You, you have to, when they do right, and they're, they're a good child, and they do, right, they do what you tell them to, then you're happy to reward them for their obedience. This is, you know, God is our Father, and he's not going to reward somebody that has, has wrong things in their heart. The Bible says if you regard iniquity in your heart, he won't even hear your prayer regard iniquity means if you have sin that you're regarding in your life that you're holding on to in your life he won't even hear your prayer the only prayer he's going to hear from you is oh father forgive me forgive me forgive me of my sins and wash me clean in the blood of Jesus that's the only prayer he's going to hear from you so I, I, Wigglesworth was right but he said if you're pure in your heart and you're right with God it'll enable you to have faith that God's going to hear your prayer and that he's going to answer your prayer. He's faithful and just to forgive our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But he's also faithful and just to hear whatever we ask. Whatever we ask in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's what he said. And I believe that. So since, since Smith didn't have any formal education, his grammar was poor. But, you know, he made up for it with his anointing, profound anointing. Millions, you know, I don't know, hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of people would get saved as he preached the word of God. So someone said, you know, they would rather have someone that had poor grammar and great anointing rather than to have someone that had great grammar and poor or no anointing. And I think we would all agree with that because it's the anointing of God, the presence of God that shatters the yoke. It's not your good grammar. It's nice if you can have both, but Smith didn't have good grammar, but it didn't hinder him in the work of God. You know, he, he had made a decision at one point that he never wanted a knife to touch his body. He never wanted to have to have surgery. So one time he had really severe pain, and the doctor came, and he said, you have acute appendicitis. This is a medical emergency. Acute appendicitis, a medical emergency. He said, you're going to have to have surgery right away. And, and Smith says, no, I'm never going to have a, a knife touch my body. And he refused to have the surgery. And so the doctor left. The doctor was so concerned about him. He, and, and, when, and so Smith just went, I told you he was a plumber. He just went on doing whatever he needed to do that day. The doctor went on to see other patients, but the doctor was so concerned about Smith, he, he, he just came back to Smith's house again. And Polly said, well, Smith went out to work. You know, he's gone. He's gone. And the doctor said, well, you're going to expect then for them to bring your husband home dead to you because he, he'll be dead when they bring him home. Well, obviously, that wasn't the case. God, hit, God healed his acute appendicitis, and he was well. At another time, he had bad kidney stones. If any of you have ever had that, you know that's, that's sheer agony to have kidney stones. And he was having bleeding in his undergarments, and he, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't give in to any knife. He just, he just persevered. He went on praying for sick people who did get, they did get healed when he prayed for them, despite his own physical pain that he was in. 
That's the kind of man Smith Wigglesworth was, a man of faith, a man of power, because he loved God and served God with all of his heart. Now, many, many, many wonderful things happened in his life, and I'm going to relate a few of them to you. There was, there was a lady that came to him with, she, for 20 years, she had been unable to smell. 20 years she had been able to, uh, unable to smell. And she asked Smith Wigglesworth, she says, do you think you can do anything for me? He says, well, of course, God can do anything. And so he said, I, I, loose, I loose this woman. I loose her inability to smell. I loose it in the name of Jesus. And suddenly she began to smell again. First time in 20 years. She went home. They had prepared a banquet of all kinds of delicious food for her. She didn't care a thing about eating any of the food. She just was, she was enjoying smelling the food. She sat there at the table and just smelled all the different dishes that had been prepared. She hadn't smelled anything for 20 years. You know, if you can't smell, it affects the way that things taste to you. So she was totally changed because he, he used the word loosed. You know, Jesus told us, he said, what things soever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever things you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Of course, this is done in the name of Jesus. So he has given us this power, according to the word of God, to bind things or to loose things. And so Smith felt like if you had, if you had the word of God telling you that you could do something, then you could do it. And he, that's what he did. He said, you could loose on earth and to be loose in heaven. He loosed this woman from her infirmity. You remember in the Bible where Jesus, he was in the synagogue, and there was a woman in the synagogue that was bent double. And he called the woman, and, and he, he told the woman that she could be loose. He used that same word, word, shouldn't I loose this woman who's been bound by this demonic force for 18 years, shouldn't she be able to be loosed on the Sabbath day? Because the Sabbath ruler, the synagogue ruler was criticizing him for healing on the Sabbath day. He said, you hypocrite, you, you work on the Sabbath day. Don't you go get your ox and your donkey and you loose them. You loose them and you, and you take them and water them and bring them back. That's, that's working on the, on the Sabbath. Why shouldn't I be able to heal this woman, loose this woman from this bondage that she's had for these 18 years? So he used this in his own ministry, Jesus did. And he told us that we should be using it in our ministry, in our lives. I say ministry, but if you're a Christian, you should be using these things every day of your life as the need occurs because they're power tools that God's given you to use. You should be using them. So another, another time he walked into a, a shoemaker's shop. There was a man in there that had green, uh, green glasses on and a cold cloth over his eyes. And he was saying, oh, 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 he was crying. He, so... Smith Wigglesworth says, what's the matter with you, sir? He said, oh, I have this terrible inflammation in my eyes. It's burning. It's hurting me so bad, so bad. So Smith Wigglesworth prays and takes authority over that infirmity in his eyes and casts that thing out in the name of Jesus. And suddenly the man's eyes are normal. They're perfect. They're wonderful. So everything can be solved with the power of Jesus Christ and the word of God. Another lady came to him. This is phenomenal. A lady came to him that had no eardrums. 
She'd had her, her she'd had 16 surgeries on her ears, and finally they just took her eardrums out. He said you could have shot a cannon next to her, and she wouldn't have heard it. She couldn't hear. She had no eardrums. She came to him totally, absolutely deaf, and asked if there's something that he could do for her. And he says, yes, absolutely, God could heal this for you. And so he said, I loose those ears. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you be healed. And God created eardrums for the woman. And after that, she could hear a pin drop in the room. So you say, well, how could, how could she get her eardrums that were surgically removed? It's not hard for God at all. We serve a God. There's nothing that's impossible for him. I don't know if you remember one of the previous glory stories that I told about a man who had had his, his, one of his whole lungs resected, three ribs re resected by resected, I mean surgically removed, and three ribs surgically removed, and a draining hole in his back. And A.A. Allen was the evangelist that he came to. And when A.A. Allen prayed for God to heal this man, God created a whole new lung in the man. He created three ribs that had been surgically cut out of the man's body. He gave him three new ribs and he closed the hole in his back. So I just want you to see whatever circumstance that you have physically, it's no problem for God. It's no problem. If, if it doesn't exist, if you don't have an arm, God can give you an arm. If you don't have a leg, God can give you a leg. Whatever it is that you need, these are not hard things for God. He created you in the first place. So any body parts you need, he can certainly create it again for you. It's no problem. So we need to look at things a little differently. We need to look from God's perspective. So anyway, the woman that had been deaf for six, 16 operations, and now she had eardrums, and now she could hear. Here's an interesting thing that happened. There was a man named, named Barry, and he was the hangman for the town in England. Because when someone was a murderer, a criminal of some sort, they would hang them. That's the way they killed them back then. And this was his job. He would hang all of these murderers, all of these wicked men. And he was the most vile and the, the most vile human being with the most vile language of anybody in that town. Even, even the bad element in that town thought he was bad. Barry was worse than all of them put together. He was terrible. And Barry felt in his heart that these demonic forces that, that in these men that he, I don't know if they ever killed women, but I know there were men, the men that had been murderers and rapists and all the bad things they'd done and the demon spirits that were in all of those men had come into him and his life was just intolerable for him and also for the people around him for that matter. And so he decided that he was going to commit suicide. And he felt the easiest way to do that was to go down to the train station buy a ticket on the train, and in that, at that time in England, the, the, you could buy a, a compartment in the train, and the compartment had an outside door to that compartment. So he planned, when he, he, when the, he would go through the tunnel, the train would go through a tunnel, an oncoming train would be coming the opposite direction, and he would go out that door of his compartment and throw himself in front of the oncoming train on the other track, and that would be a quick death for him, an easy death for him. And so that's why he bought the train ticket, and he planned to kill himself on the train that night. Well, it just so happened there was a young man there on that, uh, on that train platform that night 
who had just gotten saved the night before. And he had decided that every day of his life, he was going to win someone to Jesus Christ. So he sees Barry the hangman. He doesn't know he's a hangman or who he is. He's just a man standing on the train platform. So he goes to this man and he, and he starts telling him about Jesus. And he takes him and brings him to uh, the, the mission church where Smith Wigglesworth and his wife are, are at this mission church. He brings them to Wigglesworth. And so Wigglesworth starts ministering to this man, Barry the hangman. And he starts sweating and perspiring. He's under such conviction of all the horrible person that he was. And for two and a half hours, sweat is breaking out on him. And, and he's, he's wrestling with all this. And finally, he finally gets saved. Barry the hangman gets saved, gloriously saved. And so Smith asks God, he says, Lord, what do you want me to do now? You know, I really respect Smith Wigglesworth for asking God what he wants him to do. But anyway, he asked the Lord, and the Lord told him, he said, go home with the man. See, that's not something Smith would have done on his own. But when he asked God, God says, go home with the man. So he goes home with the man. When he goes home, the wife gets saved in the household. The children come into the house. They say, oh, the whole atmosphere of the house was different. What's happened in our home? And the mother says, well, your daddy got saved today. So the whole, the whole household, the whole family was changed. And Barry the hangman became a man that served God in the ministry the rest of his life because God had done such a miraculous work for him. Uh, another time, he, Smith Wigglesworth was, was reading his mail, and someone came in and he said, are, will you, are you willing to go see sick people? And he said, well, yes, I am. So they said, there's a house over here that has a lady that's so sick she's just about to die, and would you go see this lady in this house? He said, yes, I will. So he goes into the lady's room. She's, she's in bed. She's been visited by a number of doctors, and they've all told her that it's a hopeless situation, and they've given her up for dead. There's nothing that they can do for her. She's gasping like, like, like it's the last breath that she can take. That's the situation. So Wigglesworth asked the Lord again. He says, Lord, what should I do? And the Lord tells him, to open his Bible, he always had a Bible with him. Open your Bible to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah and begin reading. So he opens his Bible to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. He begins reading. And when he gets to the fifth verse, he's reading and it says, By the stripes of Jesus you are healed. And when he reads that, the woman sits up in the bed, breathes normally. She says, I'm healed, I'm healed. Well, he's amazed. He didn't pray for her. He didn't do anything but just do what God said to do, namely to read Isaiah 53. So then the woman explains. She said that she was doing heavy housework and that she had damaged her heart. And the doctors that came had told her there's nothing that they could do for her heart. And, and so she had had a vision the night before. And in the vision, she saw a man coming in, a man opening his Bible and a man beginning to read Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. And when he got to the fifth verse of that chapter, God totally healed her. She saw that in a vision in advance. God had enough confidence that Wigglesworth would do what he said to do, namely go to the woman, namely read the chapter, namely get to the verse that was in, in the chapter. God had enough confidence that Wigglesworth would obey him and do that 
that he had shown that to the woman in a vision the night before it happened. The woman was totally well because he obeyed God and did what God said. On another occasion, he was asked to go see a man who had been paralyzed from the waist down for 20 years. He goes to see the man. He's a very, a very heavy man. He called him a fat man is what he called him, a fat man. And so he walks into the room with this fat man and he said, what would you like God to do for you? The man says, well, what I really want is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That surprised Wigglesworth because the man's paralyzed. You'd think the man would ask to be healed. But he, what he really wanted, he was saved, and he wanted to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Good decision. So Wigglesworth goes and lays his hand on this man and asks God to baptize him with the Holy Ghost. The man be, is baptized immediately with the Holy Ghost. He begins speaking in tongues. He falls out of the chair where he had been sitting, and he's on the floor now speaking in tongues. His head's rolling around, but he can't, he can't move his legs because he's paralyzed. So the Lord tells uh, Smith Wigglesworth, he said, command this man to stand up and walk. Well, Smith's looking at the man. He, he can't even move his legs at all, so... For a few minutes there, kind of the natural instinct takes over, and Smith tells the other people in the room, he says, come over and, and help me, and, and let's get this man up off the floor. So they come over. They try to lift him. He's so heavy, so fat, they can't begin to lift him. And so Smith backs off. He says, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I didn't do what you told me. I ask you to forgive me in Jesus' name. So the Lord again tells him, he says, command the, command the man to, to stand up and walk. So that's what Wigglesworth does. He says, I command you in the name of Jesus to stand up and walk. The man with nobody helping him at all has been paralyzed for 20 years, gets up off of the ground. He didn't just walk. He went running around rejoicing in God, totally healed by the power of God. I'm going to read you one more thing out of this I'm gonna because I think Smith Wigglesworth says it far better than I can so I just want to read you this episode he was on a boat going from New Zealand from where he was to New Zealand New Zealand he said I began to preach of course on the boat the Lord began to work among the people in the second class part of the ship there was a young man and his wife who were attendants on a lady and gentleman in the first class and it was these two young people they heard him talking and preaching and, and they became very impressed with him. Meanwhile, the lady they were attending got very, very sick. They called the doctor in the ship, and the doctor told her there was no hope. It was hopeless for her. So they thought of Smith Wigglesworth because he'd been preaching. This woman happened to be a great Christian science person, a preacher of it. She'd gone up and down preaching Christian science. So Wigglesworth, knowing this, kind of skipped to the meat of the issue and said, I'll pray for you in the name of Jesus. The moment I pray for you, you will be healed. And so the moment he prayed for her, she was healed. Well, he showed her how wrong her thinking was. He goes on to say, I showed her that there was nothing in Christian science, that it's a lie from the beginning, one of the last agencies of hell, at best a lie, preaching a lie and producing a lie. Then she, uh, she wakened up. She became so penitent so brokenhearted, but the thing that stirred her first was that she had to go patched, preach the simple gospel of Christ where she had preached Christian science. So she became a Christian when God healed her and brought light into the darkness. 
There's much darkness out there today, but I hope you call on Jesus and make him your Savior. I hope you do. In Jesus' name, do that today. We hope that you enjoyed these stories of the glory of God. We believe that each story we tell will help build your faith and help to bring a miracle into your life. For more information about this program and Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn, visit her website at godsinstruments.com, her YouTube channel at Glory Stories Now, or write her at Elizabeth Vaughn Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 454, Argyle, Texas, 76226, USA.